Hey, Filipino MomCast listeners, welcome back to episode five of the Filipino MomCast, a place where we lovingly deconstruct cultural and generational narratives to help other Filipino moms just like us navigate this journey of parenting. I'm Lynn Tagongi, one of your FMC co-hosts, and I'm so excited you're here joining us today. In this episode, Marianne, Rowan, and I, we will be discussing mindfulness what it is and the ways we can practice this to be more enriched and present with our families. So we appreciate you for listening and for also sharing how this podcast is changing your lives. Vess recently shared with us, I love this podcast. I haven't really been able to hang out with my female friends. I feel like you ladies have been my BFFs lately. I feel like it's been a nice positive energy during these weird times. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for the positive feedback, Vess. That means so, so much. So with that said, if you know another Filipino mom who needs encouragement or others who can benefit by learning more about how to connect with Filipino moms, we want to encourage you to share out the podcast and help us continue to bring awareness and support to one another. One last thing, if you want to learn more about how to connect with each of us on social media, send us a voice message or find other ways you can support the message, you'll find all that in the show notes of the podcast. All right, so that's all for me. Thanks again for being here. Now let's get started on the episode. For those who don't even understand or have the resources in front of them right now, what would be your guys's biggest or best advice to become or evolve into a whole mom or even just a more mindful mom. I was a very, and everybody, if, if you know my kids and if you've, I was a really mean mom growing up and it's, it's one of the hurts that I'm still healing from. I have a lot of shame and guilt from it because I was dubbed when the girls were small, a military mom. I was very just regimented. I was very Everything had to be a certain way or I would lose it. And now, as a mom of teens, I wished I was more compassionate. And here's the great thing. Because when I look at Lynn, when she parented her kids, to me, Lynn was more of a compassionate mom. To her kids, and I can see you laughing, for me growing up, with us growing together, Lynn was a more compassionate mom than I was. And Lynn was more graceful than I was. And she allowed her kids to have space to climb the doorways and not freak out and to climb the entertainment center and be okay with it. I was never, I never, I would have never let my kids do that. I would have never um, like given them the space to do that. But I'm going to tell you, because you were like that, I let my youngest climb. I let him do things that make my heart race, do things that I would have never allowed my girls do. I, I give him that space. And I actually, there are a lot of times where he does something and I try to remember what you say to the boys 
I use those words because I don't know what other words to use because in my head, it's a lot of screaming, but I don't want to scream. I want to be more mindful like Rowan said. So a lot of things that I say to him now is make good choices and be mindful of where you put your body. The good news about that is because he's hurt himself a couple times where he's seen lots of blood, he is more mindful. So I want you to know, Lynn, that even if you say you're just a boy mom, it taught me how to be a boy mom. It taught me how to give him space. It really did. Because the days that I would come to your house and I would walk in the door and there was a boy in the hallway climbing. Rowan, I wish I took photos because I <laughs> was like, what is happening? And Lynn would just be like, this is what's happening. And whether or not you felt that that was appropriate or not, the fact that you let him do that makes me as a mom of a boy now, it, it helped me understand what you used to say. You used to just say like, they have all this energy. Your girl's have the energy put together for one boy. And I never understood that until I had my youngest. I really didn't. And now that I understand it, I'm sorry if I ever got mad at you. I apologize for any thought I had about your parenting because now that I have a boy, I'm like, what is happening? It's always like that. So I want you to know that. And I want, I, if, if you're okay, I want you to share what you think. I honestly didn't know how I can even impact you because you've been so impactful to me. I didn't know I was even allowing them space. I just didn't know what to, like, I honestly didn't know what to do. When people see, like, what I let my boys do, it will freak you out. Because a lot of the times, I just turn around and I let it happen. And I will tell you that part of that is a fear that I do not want to pass on to them because they're they're going to pick up so much fear outside of me and my husband's care. They're going to experience and find fear in themselves. The last thing I want them to do is not trust their body. And that for me is why I let them, you know, to an extent, I mean, I'm not going to let them like roll around the street. I mean, I don't know. Are we in a cul-de-sac? I mean, it kind of depends. <laughs> we are. I'm going to you know? see if my girls are. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously like within reason, but I have to believe that that's why my, my youngest son, like he was riding, um, he was riding his bike at like two. That's crazy. I know. It's, it's weird because he knows he has a sense of balance. Has he fallen? Yes. But then we tell, we, that's a teachable moment where we now teach him, okay, this is what happened. You know, what do you want to do? Okay, sit out for a little bit. Let's get a Band-Aid. And then he just goes again. We handle those feelings as they come up. But I don't want to, like, make it seem like I know everything about all the boys because I don't. There are so many times that you would do stuff for the girls where I'm like, man, should I be having the boys help me more often? What do you think? I always need more. Please tell me more because I really, I've looked back and now I'm just like, you know, like when I have my kids like help us clean, 
I think of your kids. One of the girls were cleaning and they just like happened to do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Because I have to do all the things to get the kids to help. My kids do do their own laundry and they do clean their own bathroom. But yeah, there's other things where I'm like, okay, okay, you're just going to have to do this. Or I'm sorry, uh, do you need somebody? (laughs) 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 I have, I literally have like a list of certain things that's like outside of your normal contribution to our family that is unpaid but I have like a sheet of certain things that they can do to earn money while they're mm-hmm. here. What? Can I, I want to yeah. see that. I need to see that because and I, I need to see it. Nobody wants to earn money. Why does no one want to earn money? <laughs> How much I are you paying? Over that. <laughs> I was all over that when I was, you know, right? How much, how no. value? <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's probably not that much, but I mean, it's, a, it's still money. Like I remember wanting to do anything, you know, make a buck, even if it was a buck, Oh my you know, gosh. but anyways, yeah. I appreciate everything that you've said. It's so funny because we have known each other for so long. I really don't know how I can even impact you because you've been so impactful to me. So to like hear that, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, you guys are melting my heart. Uh, Uh. This is really how we talk. It's sometimes it's really mushy and gross, but I mean. Oh yeah. I I actually tell my clients, I'm, I'm a little affectionate, like a, like professionally affectionate. It's just kind of like my personality. So even in therapy, not that I'm like, it's a professional affection. It's just kind of like the way I am. If I may say, I really enjoy your guys' story. How when someone thinks they're moving away from something, the other one's aspiration is to move towards that something, <laughs> right? Yes. Everything is a teachable moment. I guess we were talking about um, how to be more mindful for, yeah. for moms. I love what you said, Mary. And it's like when your heart is racing, um, it's probably something that you're not used to. So if you're, your kid is doing something and your heart is racing, to be mindful. Touch your heart, right? And really say, my heart is racing. It's okay. Because sometimes anxious parent, anxious mom, anxious child. And so when you learn how to be present, touch your heart, and really just notice oh i'm getting anxious my heart is racing it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine a simple things like that right it's like little because it's easy to say be mindful or be compassionate but how do you do that right and i think for me i really try to this is really a practice for me because like i said no one wakes up like you're just knowing what exactly uh what to do and what to think but language, the language that we, when we speak about ourselves, when we speak towards our children, but everything starts from how we talk to ourselves, right? So I think being mindful, a practice that I use is like, even if I just made, I feel I'm, I made a mistake. And first of all, I like the word mistake. So for my children, I said, that's okay. That was a mistake. It was just a mistake. So I talk to myself like that. It's just a mistake. Even though it happened like, Two minutes ago, I talked to myself like I used to be this way. Like I used to be like, let's say you scream at your kids, I'm not cool. 
stuff like that. I used to be like a screaming mom. Now I am. Remember that whatever follows after the word I am becomes you. I am a present mom. And every time you speak those words, I am, after that follows you. So be very careful with the way you talk about yourself. I think it starts there. And another mindful, how I, you know, when I'm so busy, how I help myself to be mindful is like I'm washing dishes. Oh, and then I'm thinking about I have to do something else. Is I simply alter the word, basically what I'm doing. I'm washing dishes right now. And I'm breathing. I'm washing dishes. There's really, we cannot be in two places at one time. Our minds are trying to be in so many places at one point. But when you put a verbal, you know, like affirm yourself, you are right here. I am washing dishes right now. I'm playing with my kids right now. There is no place to be other than to be here. So you, instead of the mind allowing, when you do a verbal affirmation of like where, what you're currently doing, it does not allow the mind to think, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing, oh, I just need to check my email because you're saying I'm playing with my, with my child right now. So you are training your mind. I am not going to be bothered by that. There is a time for everything. Right now, this is what I'm doing. I am playing with my child. So I use that. I, even I have to remind myself, I'm playing with my child right now. I'm having fun with my, you know, with my baby. I'm washing the dishes. So uh, just a kind of like, I'm, you know, when you talk about mind, it's like sometimes it sounds woo-woo for a lot of people. Mindful, what is that? And it's like being thrown in, you know, like everywhere, that type of language. But it's really not rocket science. It's just presence. I'm very practical about my tips. I like, you know, just very practical, down to earth, where people can really practice, because I practice it. I'm not perfect. I also I am learning so much, just speaking with you, Mary Ann, and Lynn. It's like my spiritual teacher, if you will, and I just, I feel that I'm uh, the therapist that I am, the mom that I am, because I am like always absorbing lessons from others, so I'm like a learner in that way. It, it's interesting that people say, oh, I learned about you, you said this, but when in fact, I'm really just learning from them. So I'm always fascinated. I feel like I'm a student, but you know, it's like, oh, you're a good teacher. But really, I feel like I'm more of a student than a teacher. But it's fascinating how that works. Yeah. I love everything that you have to say, Rowan. I know that in one of our earlier conversations, you were talking about, about not being able to articulate yourself. I... Yes. That needs some introvert. work, Miss Therapist. <laughs> yes. yes, please help me, guys. Give me some therapy talk. It's yeah, cool. that, you need to work no. on your inner voice on that one. I will. You are, you, are you are articulate. <laughs> and I just, I love, and that's what Marianne was saying. Like, I love how you're able to piece everything together in a way that is digestible. It makes sense. It's practical. And I love the tip about how you were saying that we can only think one thought at a time. When I was in those moments where I had very, very high anxiety, my head just always felt heavy. It was always full. It was always thinking of something that I knew I was doing something, but I wasn't connecting with what I was doing. 
that I literally would have to tell myself, okay, right now you're washing dishes. I didn't know that that was a thing that you're supposed to do or that you teach. All I was thinking was so much is going on. How do I cut through it? So I love that. Yay. I had done something right. Right? (laughs) You obviously know so much more than you think you do. Ooh. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to second Lynn and say that how you explained mindfulness and being present is such a practical way for me to understand what mindfulness means. So the fact that you explained how to do that is for me, I was like, oh, one, I don't do that. Just so you guys know, I'm going to be 100% honest. (laughs) You know what I think would be super good would be to provide explanations around these terms that we're seeing thrown around a lot, like mindfulness, like what the heck is that? How do I do it? So kind of like, okay, this is what you're hearing. This is what it actually means because it's like, oh, okay, mindful. So I just don't say anything, exactly. you know, like I, I just keep it quiet when it's like, no, that's not what mindfulness yes. is, right? Like it's maybe like part of it, but there's a whole part before that, that allows you to be quiet because you fully understood why, you know, like you're okay to be able to offer space because you yourself aren't triggered by it anymore. You know, you're not reacting to it. So this is great because what you just did in mindfulness is exactly what I needed because I don't do that. What I do in my head when I say I'm being mindful, I, I, I'm literally in my head yelling at myself, like stop thinking, be where you are right now. That's what I do to myself. Mm -hmm. So how you said that is such a significantly more compassionate way to say it to yourself. Because in my head, it's at like level 25, stop thinking, just enjoy the kids, what they're doing right now, stop it. Because my mind is always, always, always racing. So how you explained it, Rowan, is so good. It is very practical and it is, it, it just feels easy. So it feels doable. Like you say practical, but if we have to break down practical, it means it's something that you can do right now. Yeah. yeah, I think our brains are like toddlers, right? When it hears no, it means go. So if you say, don't oh, go there, uh-huh. it goes there. And so you, what you want to train your brain is to where you want it to go is what you would verbally. It's, it's very similar in the way we tend to our children, right? Like if you give them an ultimatum or like, you better not go there. That's kind of like you're reminding them to go where well you know but when you say i need you to be here be here is there and don't go there is on the opposite end so you want them on where you want your mind to take you is verbally what you um train yourself train sounds so maybe condition yourself you know so um, rewire rewire yourself yeah to reprogram yourself it is really a practice, even for me. You know, I catch myself sometimes, but uh, such is life. And that's the wonderful thing, right? We're never <laughs> finished. We're an unfinished business. That makes life so exciting. Imagine if we're just done the moment we wake up. Oh, my gosh. Life will be so boring. <laughs> so I like to have projects, even if that means an inner project for me. I'm doing stuff, you know? Like, it's good. 
we're never finished. I, you know, we're never finished. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Roland, I love your energy, Roanne. Yes. I, like, I really, I love it. I do too. Another thing I was going to ask you, I'm very much a perfectionist, like recovering perfectionist. Yes. I, I suffer with all or nothing syndrome. It's either all this or it's yeah. none at all, black and white. And so in this whole thing of, okay, now that I have these tips or now that I'm manifesting mindfulness and I'm being mindful to my kids and I'm opening up this space, what about when I just don't have the capacity? I mean, that's just me being honest. So my question is, in those moments where I'm like, oh, I should have done better, da, 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 da. but I know that you said it's just a mistake. Yeah. So yes. maybe that yes. could be the lesson in helping other perfectionists understand to give yourself permission to make mistakes because we're not expected to be perfect. Yeah. I think that could also go in with the whole, I'm doing it this way because I'm now applying it and I'm growing, but I think it's also equally as important to remember that as we grow, that even the expectations we place on ourselves, it doesn't have to be spotless. Oh, um, yes. I like your point because the message actually is you don't have to be spotless. Like, you don't have to be so mindful all the time. I'm not. So sometimes I have to be abroad, you know, and, and that's okay. So let's say a child did something and you had to scream because there's probably like a safety issue there or they're just doing something that really is not, they're not supposed to be doing. I think the difference is some parents would just stop there. I think the difference is allowing a child to reconcile why you have that reaction either immediately or little after is to say, you know, I was doing that because I was afraid that this can happen to you. I think the linking of the reaction to a parent's fear, a parent's whatever, why your response is that way, allows the child to actually have a complete story. And when you leave it, the thing about our imprint is that we're not able to reconcile it. So mom was just mad. She was just scornful, period. But if you understood, oh, if, if our moms just said, honey, I said I, I threw out some profanity because I was really tired. And when I told you to pick up your toys, you didn't listen to me. And I was really, really tired. I had a tough day. Imagine the difference. The, the event is the same. But the linking of the reaction to the parent's emotional trigger allows the child to understand she's human it was mm. not because of me when the, the, the thing about children is when they could not find an explanation they think it's them right so i think that oh, is yes. really what mm. it is you know when a child does not know the explanation they're not given explanation they find explanation and usually for a child the explanation is them they're not good enough they weren't following rules they should have done better and so as when we're not able to link that, we might be 50, but we're talking the same language as if we were still five, right? I should have done that, you know? And so that, I think, is the link that we're trying to reconcile. My um, mind is so blown! Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on that from real life experience. Part of why I talk so much to my kids is because I never got that explanation growing up. For me, I enjoy having those conversations 
and bridging the gap as to why certain things happen. Because growing up and not getting the explanation, the answer was just no. I feel like if I would have had an explanation as to why the answer was no, I would have been less rebellious because it would have given me some sort of understanding. There is just so much healing in realizing that even your parents, Mm. there is just something like, I mean, to be vulnerable draws so much connection to us as people. Like, imagine if you let your kids into your world. I remember when we had taken one of my sons to get some therapy because he was having some anxiety, sitting with the doctor, and she was asking me, you know, just my side of things, and then she was going to talk to him about his side of things. I was talking to her just like the same way that I talked to you guys. I told her that I have cried in front of my kids, not all the time, but there have been moments where I have been overwhelmed emotionally and I have cried in front of them. I get why we don't want to do that. I also get why it's important to do that. In my head, I'm thinking, I just have so much emotion, I can't even process myself. And I was telling her about that particular moment. And I was even sharing with her, you know, I, I don't know if it's the right thing to be crying in front of my kids to show that much vulnerability. I told her that it could be seen as weakness. I've heard statements around, you know, we don't show our feelings to our kids. And so me crying in front of my kids, like goes against all that. I was saying, I don't feel like a very strong parent. I don't feel like I'm being strong enough for my kids because I myself have all of these emotions. I myself have all of this baggage that I have to sort through and figure out which one to heal first. So when those times and it overwhelms me, I've decided that I am the mom who's going to be real and I am going to share with you what I'm going through because I don't want you to think I'm perfect, because that's not true. And what she told me was that for you to be able to cry actually just shows how strong you are. I didn't even see that something like that, because it's always been embedded that you have to, you have to be strong in front of your kids. What does that look like? We've been taught that you have to not show emotion. And when she said that for you to do that actually just shows your strength. And I was like, what? wow. Yeah, I'm going to say right now that my mind is blown. (laughs) Thank you for sharing this space with me. Really, I learned so much from you guys. It really informs my work, my blogging, and I appreciate you appreciating me. And I appreciate you guys. Your experience is so unique. I love the, you know, I'm just learning so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Filipino Momcast. Don't forget to subscribe and to share this podcast with others, whether it's through social media, a text, or a quick shh. Hey, have you listened to these ladies? It's a small step in getting the conversation started and rippling that change into existence, which you play a huge part of. Thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.